What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. Uh, we're back here in action on a Sunday afternoon, July 18th, 2021. There's a lot going on in the world of sports right now. NBA Finals. We're actually going to talk a little bit of NBA here at the start of the show, uh, which we don't normally do, but we have a good guest for it. We also have some baseball to discuss. And for those who don't know, we have a sports movie bracket going on on my website, jackvita.com. Voting begins tomorrow, Monday the eight, uh, Monday the 19th. Sorry, today's the 18th. And uh, that'll be on all my social media accounts. So at Jack Vita Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we'll be diving into that bracket today. If you guys like the show, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show wherever it is that you get your podcasts and get on the email list at jackvita.com. Especially with this bracket, you want to be in the loop about everything going on. All right, at this time, I would love to bring in our guest for the day. He's a lifelong Milwaukee Bucks fan, uh, Wisconsin area guy. He taught me at Valparaiso University, uh, which is now we're approaching six years since I enrolled. Uh, time goes by quick. Paul Oren, he is the uh, beat reporter for the Valparaiso men's basketball team, and he hosts a podcast called Union Street Hoops. I went on it last month. You guys should check that out. Paul Oren, welcome back to the program. I love being here. I can't even begin to tell you, Jack, how hyped I am <laughs> to talk the best sports movie bracket. I'm so hyped. It's <laughs> it is right in my wheelhouse of things that I love. Obviously, uh, we've got some other topics to get to, but um, I am I am super super hyped. I love the bracket. I can't wait for the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you here, and I think it'll be really fun to have. Another perspective. Would you classify yourself as a Gen Xer or are you still a millennial? Because I think you're in that space in between. I, I am technically a Zennial. I okay. am a, I was born in 1980 and there's like that group from 79 to 83 that is uh, that falls into um, kind of the, the both. I remember life analog and digital. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I just to, to me and, and also I think because I teach, I spend more time than the average 41 year old around college age students. Right. So, um, you know, millennials, Gen Z, stuff like that. Like I'm around them all the time, whereas people who are normally my age are not. So um, I, I, I like to think I'm a bit of a chameleon when it comes to, <laughs> to that. Uh, and then I realize, you know, I don't know who nba young boy is or lil baby <laughs> or lil dirk or anything like that. and i'm like okay i guess i'm not cool so um there it is well i but, don't know those names either i'm at the very i'm towards the end of the millennial generation i'm 1994 um and i really think that it's really interesting because i think a lot of the gen z kids don't want to be labeled gen z they want to be millennials now which a few years ago it used to be there was a lot more millennial bashing. So the generation stuff is interesting. But I grew up in that era where it, I was the very end of when you'd watch, there'd be a TV show that everybody watched. The Friends finale, the Survivor finale, those years in the early 2000s where everyone watched TV and then everything's changed really as I've entered into like my, my teenage and uh, adult years, I'd say. Do you know who else was born in 1994? Who? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, wow. 
Hey, look at that for a little uh, segue there. So you're pretty pumped about this right now, Paul. Oh man, I was so so. He, here's here's a thing. I went. Um, I played the game. Uh, my best friend, my best childhood friend, uh, flew in from DC and to go to Game Four. This is a guy who, when we were kids, we didn't have a lot, and so we would scrounge for quarters and dollar bills to take the bus down to the Bradley Center to try to go to Bucks games, right? To try to get in and go like 400 level, way high up, everything like that. Um, we have, as life has gotten old, we've gotten older. We've, you know, we've we've done well. I mean, I got, I can't even tell you how many millions I make off Union Street hoops, right? So. Um, <laughs> So I said to him, and we've been to some big sporting events together. Um, Favre's return game to Lambeau Field, we went to. Um, we've been to uh, some Bucks games and you know playoff games, stuff like that. So, um, but I said to him, I'm like, fly in, let's go to Game Four. I said, Game Four is always the pivotal game of the series. You know, it's it's the first couple games are going to go the way they're going to go. Uh, and and what I generally thought was that Phoenix would win the first two, Milwaukee would win Game Three. And then game four, we find out if we have a series or not. And I said, so if we're going to go to any game, game four is the game to go to. But then I waited for the Bucks to be down 0-2 until I bought the tickets. And so I bought the tickets at a good price. Yeah. They win game three. And then I went and looked the next day. And the tickets that I had bought were like $600 more than what they were. So I, I, we played it perfectly. <laughs> so Bucks win uh, game four. And now it's now it's tied down. It's two two, and it's amazing. And then last night, and, and I don't mean to date it, but sa- uh, Saturday night, sure. I said, um, well, let's go back down to Milwaukee. He was he flew out today. I said, let's go back down to Milwaukee, and you just be in the Deer District. And then I was looking online, and I found a pair of tickets to the watch party inside the arena. And this is odd. So this guy lives in D.C. I was out in D.C. two years ago. And we went to Game Six and Game Seven of the World Series watch parties at Nats Park while they were playing in Houston. So that was actually the last sporting event that I went to before COVID broke out. Was actually an empty stadium <laughs> with all fans, and then I thought it was odd because then the next year we had a packed stadium with players and no fans. So right. <laughs> uh, we had a good run in both those games. The Nats won, and he's a Nats season ticket holder because he lives out there. And so I said, look, we have good luck going to the watch parties. Let's go. And so, yes, we went to the watch <laughs> party on Saturday night. Bucks win. Amazing. Um, I think I've got to drive back up to Milwaukee on Tuesday now because, I, as I said to my girlfriend, I said, if the Bucks win the championship and I'm sitting in, in northwest Indiana watching on TV and, like, nobody cares around here, I'm going to be heartbroken. So I think i got to go to Milwaukee for game. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the game. I'm not that – I mean, those tickets are crazy. Right. Yeah. No, that's – I'm happy for you uh, in this situation, and I hope for you that they close the deal. I have to be honest, however, this was the first NBA game I watched this whole season was last night, and it was a good game. It was fun to watch. But if I'm being entirely truthful, the Phoenix Suns are the story that I'm pulling for because – Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there are two stories here. I'll give you the first one. For those who don't know, Monty Williams, their head coach, incredible story, incredible man of faith, 
Uh, yep. Back in his college years, he had a heart condition. Doctor told him he couldn't play. He was at Notre Dame. And his girlfriend at the time, who would be end up becoming his wife, said, Monty, Jesus can heal your heart. And he had faith, and he had a nice, I think it was like a 12-year career. Uh, good player, too. A nice long career. Yep. Gets into coaching. And then uh, a lot of people, I'm surprised, really don't know this story because I think the NBA – well, yeah, anyway, there are a lot of people who don't know the story. But five years ago, his wife was driving a car full of their kids, and they got hit by a meth addict who was driving yeah. her family, and his wife died in the car accident. And, you know, just a tragic – horrible story so i think you look at monty williams you see a guy who's overcoming tragedy and hey they might not win this series it's still a great story for him to get here uh but he has said all the right things when he's asked about it he pivoted back to his faith in times of hardship so that's a that's a guy that i'm rooting for i gotta say no i i look this is one of the interesting things you know when i'm a big packer fan the packers and the bears of a heated rivalry even even, you know, Green Bay when when they take on, uh, you know, the, I mean, the Steelers. The, I mean, everyone dislikes this. Either you love the Steelers or you hate the Steelers. There's really no in between. <laughs> and I think about in baseball, you know, the Brewers have rivals and the Cubs and the Cardinals and all of that. And even then, if they got to the World Series, if they were going against the Twins or going against the White Sox, the geographic rivals that you just you don't like. I have no problem with Phoenix at all. I think Chris Paul's amazing. Yeah. I love watching Devin Booker play, although I think Devin Booker complains about fouls way too much, yeah. like way too much. Um, that's not to say that other guys don't do it too, but he is—he takes it to another level. Every he thinks every single piece of contact against him is a foul, and he has tackled people and thinks it's not a foul. So, like, I have a lot of respect for Devin Booker in his on-court game, but he's too much of a politician when it comes to working the rest. And I guess you got to be, you know? But then again, that that might be the only inkling of dislike I have for that team. If they, it, I, I said it from the beginning. Phoenix and Milwaukee is new blood infused into the NBA. This is going to be a great series. Yeah. You know, now I loved watching Golden State and Cleveland all those years. That was fun. LeBron against the world or whatever. That was great. But... I took great pleasure in knowing that LeBron James, the only way he got to the finals this year was to buy a ticket. Well, not that he bought a ticket, but the, <laughs> to get a ticket and sit in the front row. And can you uh, – let me ask you this. Can you imagine Michael Jordan ever going to – like the only finals I guess he didn't make in the latter part of his career um, once they started going all the time was in 94 when – 94 Rockets he, and Knicks yeah, 94 and 95 those two yeah, years. Yeah. The Rockets and Knicks and then the Magic and um and Rockets as well. Yeah. The, and the Magic back beat back. him in 95. I could never ever imagine Michael Jordan. He's playing golf, he's at a casino. I just like <laughs> I, I I don't really I'm fascinated as to why LeBron decided to go to the game. I mean, cool. It's awesome, I guess, but at the same time <laughs> Is that is that a guy who just wants to see great basketball in person or is this a guy who needs to control his own narrative and needs like I didn't really I didn't really understand that. You know? I think he wants I want he wants the conversation to be about him at all times and I'm not 
much of a LeBron fan. I tweeted, uh, <laughs> this is a lightning rod of a tweet a couple weeks ago. I said I would rather put a campfire out with my face than sit through two hours of Space Jam 2. With <laughs> yeah. I, I find it, so like, imagine if, uh, if like, when Gonzaga and Baylor made it to the national championship game, if Coach K would have been like, oh, I'm going to get a seat, or Calipari would have said, oh, <laughs> right. I'm going to get a seat in the front row. And it's just, oh, it was, it was, but yeah. it was something else, man. And, and I hope, I hope the Bucks can close it out. Um, but if they don't close it out, we're going to get a seven game series. And yeah. it's amazing. And yeah, and if they can't win this, I will say the other great story here is I am rooting for Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is a guy that, Look, he's been someone that's kind of been mocked and made fun of. The State Farm commercials are just stupid. They seem pretty empty and meaningless. Uh, But, you know, if you actually look at Chris Paul's career, here's a guy who he's been close a lot of times. He's a guy that I think people can relate to in life where you feel like you're close to getting somewhere. You're trying to get to the top. You're trying to get there. And you've been close so many times and it feels like you're never going to break through and get to the top and if Chris Paul wins a championship here I think it's a great story of someone who this is year 16 year 17 of his career that he could finally break through after putting in all those hard all those years of hard work um and then also just you know he's a scrappy player he's played hard he's had a great career and he's really the last guy that I can think of from his group of stars his generation he he could have he could have gone and done the free agency thing at any point and i don't like that's the thing i don't like about the nba i don't like seeing these guys oh you know i i'm gonna have an easier time winning a championship if i go play with my best buddy chris paul's been moved four different times it's all been via trade and that's a guy who he goes to each situation he makes the situation better elevates them as a team this is a team that no one really saw coming this year so i'm uh, i would love to see chris paul win one too yeah i i think there's i think there's two different narratives right especially now with the bucks up 3-2 it's yeah. it's i mean if if they close this out in 6 that's been the rallying cry it's been the mantra for the bucks for years has been bucks in 6 it 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 really it emanated from brandon jennings you know, so i mean the, the milwaukee bucks went from 1990 from when I was 10 years old to 2018 when I was 38 without getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Uh, ex- excuse me, with the exception of, um, the exception of, uh, of 2001, they made yeah. the Eastern conference. The big dog. So, yeah. And, but, but, uh, I mean, they, they went, it was such a, a long run there of just not, of not, uh, getting out of it. I think that that was the only year. And when Brandon Jennings showed up, um, he uh the, this is a great series against the Atlanta Hawks and uh and he gave a quote that said Bucks and Six and that's become the rallying cry. I don't know why, but I mean <laughs> that has been the chant all around in the last two games. It's been nonstop. And and that was going back to the Nets series and the Hawks series and all of that. And and um if the Bucks are to win this and win it in six I'm convinced that time travel is a thing that like we knew, you know, like that, that this is nature trying to tell us something. So um, I think it's going to be exciting. I think if, if, if the Bucks win, this is in a way the Giannis has elevated himself to one of the all timers, or this is like, he's now introduced himself to, I can be in the all time group. He gave a great quote the other day about, Looking at the past is your ego. Looking to the future is your pride. Staying in the moment is showing humility. 
I just think that, man, the guy gets it. He's just amazing. And um, and then obviously you got Middleton, who is, I would imagine, I guess, the, the, the Scottie Pippen to Giannis's Jordan. I know that's almost maybe blasphemy to, I'm not comparing him to Jordan, but like, right. you know, the Batman and Robin type thing. Yeah. And then Drew Holiday, who come off a worse, a terrible game, um, was amazing. And so they, they have a great narrative if they win. And Phoenix, obviously, um, they were garbage going into the bubble last year and they rallied and they really bought in this group. And then they add, you know, some players and they, it's just a great team. They're amazing. And now if they're to win, they're going to have to win two games in a row and one on the road. And it, it, it'll be great. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I'm like you, I've never been a big NBA guy. I, I love the college game. I love the way that the college game is played. I can't stand ISO basketball. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned off air about super teams and how frustrating those are. And it's interesting because I look at both of these teams and I don't think I wouldn't classify either one of them as a super team. You know, yeah. Giannis and Chris Middleton have been together for eight years. They went out and they got a point guard and the Phoenix Suns, are like an island of misfit toys. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's great because it works because they have the right coach. And uh, Budenholzer was one game, one loss away from getting fired, and Rick Carlisle was going to come in and be the head coach. So this is both of these teams, you know, I shouldn't really be here, but they are here, and it's amazing. <laughs> I, it's it's, it's going to be great. Yeah, 100%. I do think that that is – I mean, that's what drew me in is the fact that it's not LeBron versus the Nets or – the uh, it's not Steph Curry again, you know. I I, I think people want to see something new, but it's not even just the thing of seeing something new. I think they want to see this. They want to see more like a classic team getting there without, you know. I look at the super team thing as taking a shortcut. So I agree. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. All right, let's talk some baseball. Po, you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan as well. Three starting pitchers in the All Star game. Dominant bullpen. Uh, you, you feeling pretty good about these guys? Yeah. First place? You know, it, it, part of it's interesting too, right? Like with the bucks doing what they've done, baseball has not been at the forefront. Um, I watch baseball a little bit differently. I mean, I pay attention to it. I do, but I can't live and die with 162 games. I just can't. I, you know, if you, if you think about it in a way, every, NFL game is the equation of 10 major league baseball games. Right. And so I, I just, I can't live or die with it or, or every NBA game is the equation of, of two major league baseball games. Right. So, um, it's, it's hard to, to, to do that. Uh, I will say about Milwaukee in the years that they have made runs, and I, I think back to 2008 when they kind of broke through and they went and got CC Sabathia and they got him before, you know, they got him a couple weeks before the trade deadline. And so they got four or five additional starts out of him, I think it was. And that flipped the script and that got him to the playoffs. And then they went and got, they made an aggressive move and got Zach Greinke. And that took him to the NLCS in 2011. And then they got aggressive and they went and got Yelich and they got Lorenzo Cain. Um, and that took them to the NLCS in 2018. And they've been a playoff team, you know, ever since. Um, so to go get Willie Adamas when they did, 
they got him early. It was kind of a sneaky trade that they they went and got him, and he changed everything in that team. And and you know, Yelich is still not the same as he was, you know, post back and uh, I think knee injury. Um, but I mean, they're going to get Lorenzo Cain back here shortly, and the, I mean, they're they're their offense still likes to take a siesta every once in a while, um, right? <laughs> but I mean, to to win the first two out of the gate of the of of the All Star break at Cincinnati, this is a season defining series right here, I think, um, because if Cincinnati sweeps Milwaukee in the three games out of the break, well, then it's a one game lead, and now it's it's whatever, but. I think it's so big these two weeks before the trade deadline of what do you do? You're positioning yourself. I don't know that Milwaukee has a lot of ammunition in the farm system to go make a big move to add something. And honestly, I don't even know what they would try to add right now. Now, Devin Williams, one of their top relievers, just went on the DL with elbow discomfort, but they don't think it's going to be long term. Um you know, you know, you don't need to add a closer. You have one of the best ones in the game. Um, they went and got Rowdy Tellis from Toronto. Again, this guy's not a star, but he you can put him in the lineup. And uh, I just think that they've got a lot of good pieces. And with Woodruff and Burns and Peralta, um, they've got a great staff. And they can get you to the seventh inning, and then you, you shut it down. And um, so, yes, I am feeling excited. I'm fascinated to see what the Cubs do. I mean, the Cubs, and they started with Peterson, but you have to trade these guys before they get hurt. I mean, you, the worst thing that you can do if you're the Cubs is make two moves and then Chris Bryant foul tips one off his ankle and he's, he's you know, all of a sudden now you, I mean, the, I imagine they have to go bang, bang, bang pretty quick on, on selling off all of this stuff. So I'm fascinated to see what happens. Yeah, we'll get to the Cubs in a second. I do have one thing I want to say on the Brewers, and I think that's if there's one team that I'd say you could. I mean, obviously they got to take care of this division. If they can, if they win this division, I punch them into the NLCS because if you take a look at the landscape of the National League, you have three teams out west that are extremely competitive. Although San Diego is, they only have a five game lead in that wild card spot with Cincinnati, so there is a path for Cincinnati to get in to the wild card, but you win the NL Central, okay? These three West teams, two of them are going to have to play each other in the wild card game, and then they're going to have to play the winner of the division in round one. So basically, you're looking at NL Central is going to get the softest series, which will probably be the NL East. The Mets, I don't, I think the Mets are really coming apart right now. Uh, Luis well, Lindor, Rojas. Lindor's hurt. Acuna's yeah. hurt for the Braves. I yep. mean, I, I imagine the Phillies are going to come out of this because. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they really should uh, come out of this. I, so yeah, I think, I think if the Brewers can get by the Mets or the Phillies or maybe the Braves, although again, with Acuna out, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't think they're going to make it. Um, so now you've got a, and I would take I would take the Brewers three starters over anything that the other teams have. Look, the Mets have Degrom, obviously. They got Stroman and Walker, but I, I'm not expecting Stroman and Walker to be as dominant as they were in the first half. Yeah, they so might now, not even make I mean, the now you're looking at uh, now you're looking at you know you've got to you got to beat one of these NL West teams in a series, and hopefully if you can sweep your first round. I mean, look, we got a lot of ball game to go before right. we get to this point, but of course. Yeah, I, I just um, 
You know, I, I and I think what's great too is you look at Milwaukee; they're ten games over five hundred on the road. They're only six games over five hundred at home. I mean, so they. I mean, they're they're a team that has. Uh, I mean, they, they can win on the road. They're um, they're a lot of fun. They're 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 a good team. They're fun to watch. Um, I, I I just I hope I hope they can keep it rolling. It's a lot of fun, <laughs> and, but it's interesting because so the Bucks have got us to late July. And so, so normally, you know, the, the Brewers have always been the let's get us to training camp of the Packers. <laughs> yeah. And if they're still in it, let's get us through week one of the Packers. And at that point, it doesn't really matter. Well, now the Bucks are going to play until the 20th or 22nd. And five days later is the reporting for training <laughs> camp, which is a big deal around these parts. Right, in Wisconsin. Yeah. And then you still have the Brewers going. So it's we're not used to in Wisconsin having to balance different storylines <laughs> different times. The Bucks have never played this late into the season. There has never been a first day of training camp that has been so looked toward for Green Bay. Is Aaron Rodgers going to show up? Yes or no. And if he doesn't, what does the kid have? And then you throw in the mix that the Cubs are tossing off their assets, and it's like, whoa, did we win the division already? <laughs> like, what's going on? This is amazing. Like, I mean, the next thing you're going to tell me is that the Milwaukee Wave and the Milwaukee Admirals are going to win there. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's, uh, I love it. I love it. No, you bring up an interesting point because I've been to two Brewers games this year. The tickets were even cheaper than they've ever been. I sat 50, uh, like 15 rows behind home plate, under 50 bucks both times. It well, it's crazy. just one of those things where it's like when basketball season ends, it's baseball season. And when football season starts, now it's football season. So the Brewers, for as great as they've been, like it – it's just hasn't captured it's just not important yet because for the first time since 19 i mean you look at the packers obviously made the super bowl a couple times but it's the first time in since 1974 that the milwaukee bucks have been in the nba finals and and i would say it was probably easier in the 70s to make it to the nba finals because you didn't have to navigate the super team stuff that is going on so um I mean, the Brewers right now are 16 games over 500, and they're the third biggest story in because <laughs> it's the Bucks, and then it's what's Aaron Rodgers going to do, and then it's the Brewers, and that's just kind of how it it fits. I'm sure there are some people who would tell you the Brewers are the biggest story, but it's just not accurate. It's just not true. It's just um, the yeah, and they've what they've done right now, and I think it's what you can ask for for any team. They've put themselves in the position that September baseball is going to matter because that's I mean, that's the hallmark of every season. Does September baseball matter? Yes or no. Are you using September to watch all of your rookie kids or are you using it to win to, to set yourself up for October? And it's uh, it's quite fun when you're <laughs> going to have, um, you know, the Packers with whatever they have going on and the Brewers in September baseball that matters. It's going to be a great time around here. So circling back to what you said about the Philadelphia Phillies, I was I thought I was going to surprise people. I was going to say that my bold prediction here in the second half is that the Phillies are going to win the NL East. The Mets right now 
are looking like they're going to get swept by the Pirates for their first series out of the All-Star break. Luis Rojas got ejected, their manager, in the first inning. Their uh, run differential is plus four. Now, Phillies isn't great either, but that does not, for what they got out of their pitching rotation, to only have, coming out of the break, a a three-and-a-half game lead, that signifies that there's going to be some regression. The Phillies had, I believe, the hardest schedule of any team in the first half, and they have the easiest schedule of any team in the second half. Joe Girardi seems like he's starting to finally push the right buttons with that club. So give me the Phillies out of the East. And, yeah, the the Braves are done. I I feel bad for them. They're my World Series pick. Acuna is just the nail in the coffin for them. Uh, This Peterson trade is interesting. We can get into that in a second, but, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I I, – and – Jacob Stalling hitting a walk-off grand slam is just, and then, and you know, I, but look, Lindor's hurt. I mean that. Yeah. They, I, I think it's what I said, maybe read a stat the other day that said uh, the Mets haven't had their their top eight position players in the lineup in like three months. To, yeah. And so, so yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, any, any other stuff you want to do on baseball? I'm anxious yeah. to get to the movies, man. I'm, oh yeah, I'm, no, we we got to touch on the Cubs. You brought them up. The yeah. Cubs here. Uh, the this is the first trade before the deadline, really, in terms of a July trade that's impactful. The Cubs trade Jock Peterson to the Atlanta Braves. Jock Peterson was on a one year contract. The Braves will have a club option on him for next year. I think he's making around ten million uh, annually. And the Cubs, I thought, actually got a nice piece back. Yeah. He got the number 12 prospect, Bryce Ball. Uh, he played in the Missouri Valley at Dallas Baptist just a couple years ago. He batted in his first year in the minors two years ago. He batted 330, had a 400 OBP, and an OPS over 1,000. He's having a slow start to this year. OBP and power numbers are still there. This is a guy that the Braves were thinking could potentially replace Freddie Freeman in a couple years. I think this is it's a good it's a good get for the Cubs. This is the start of what the Cubs are going to be doing. Interesting for the Braves. I think they're signaling right here that they are going to give Freddie Freeman his contract extension at the end of the year. Uh, they're going to retain Freeman, but uh, we'll see. I don't. This is like the Braves wanted. They want to continue to compete but you're only going to add peterson so you're either going to have to pick up some more pieces here or you're picking up peterson for this two-week window here you start to slide and then you sell peterson and maybe some other guys well and i think that's i think that right there is is it's you know bryce ball has had a rough start to the year so the cubs can bring him in relatively cheap right and if if he hits well if he shows well then that maybe gives you a bridge to move on from Rizzo you know and uh which I know again is hard words to hear for a Cubs fan but um I thought it was a win-win because I think if you're the Braves it you're you're gonna keep Freeman so Bryce Ball wasn't gonna do anything for you anyway you bring in Peterson and if you get hot for two weeks good he's part of your team and if not He's a good sellable piece that you can recoup yep. something back, and and if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in Freeman, and why wouldn't you give Freeman a contract when you have Albies and you have Acuna and you have all the other guys, and and you know Christian Posh, I think his name is, and, and yeah, Pache, yeah. Pache, sorry, um, and you've got some good pitching. It's just yeah, I mean you want to keep you want to keep that guy there. So um, Bryce Ball is blocked in in Atlanta, and. The Cubs get a, a, a buy low prospect because, again, 
Jock Peterson was not part of their long-term future, I don't think. And I mean, it was he was brought in to replace Kyle Schwarber. And look, you got a good you got a good piece that didn't cost you a whole lot. Um, fascinated to see what they do with Bryant, Contreras, Rizzo, all of them. Kimbrel, Kimbrel yeah. should be able to get you a ton. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, it's but it, it begs the question: How did this happen? Right? Like how? Why? I, I know it's been five years since they won the World Series. It didn't feel that way. But um, was it just mismanaging pitching? Was it, I mean, why did they, get, I mean, if, if, if they had kept Darvish, would the outcome be different? I mean, what did they, so it's, it's, it's great. I, I don't follow the Cubs all that often, so I yeah. don't know much about their contract situations and all of that. I just know that they, they didn't get, I mean, look, they got one World Series and, and you're never going to yeah. turn that away. But it feels like they could, that that this window should have been open wider and longer, and it wasn't. I agree. Yeah, no, the thing that the Cubs, I think it's a combination of bad luck and then also just very poor decisions from the front office. I think you're looking at, look, Edison Russell's career before that whole thing, that looked like a guy who's going to be an all-star player. And at the very least, a Willie Adamas kind of guy. He was on a great trajectory. Now he's playing in the Mexican League. Yeah, uh, That was a guy. There were other instances. Ben Zobris, what happened with him, where they lost him. Uh, just things that were out of their control. But having said all that, I mean, the Jason Hayward contract was horrendous. They overpaid for Aroldis Chapman. The Jose Quintana trade was awful. And what... A lot of people are putting this on right now. The fans are kind of in denial, and they just want to blame the Ricketts family, the ownership group, and say, like, oh, they don't want to spend money. But the Cubs had the highest payroll in the National League. At least they were top three in payroll the last three or four years, and they won zero playoff games since 2017. It's not about having money and spending money. It's about spending it wisely. And why the Dodgers have been able to continue to win with their payroll is they know when to let go of players they've brought in reinforcements they know when to let go of jock peterson the cubs didn't hang on to any of those prospects aloy jimenez would have been great for the cubs glaber torres would have been a nice guy to have on that team dylan cease uh they didn't draft any pitching so i think it was just they went all in for a shorter amount of time and the team was never great after that one year and so that's i think now they're paying the price for that yeah it, it it's fascinating to see what will uh what will unfold with with this um you know the brewers did a uh the brewers kind of after the you know they made it in 11 and made it to the nlcs and um they still had some good teams a little bit thereafter and then they said look we gotta do a quick rebuild and then he all of a sudden you bring in yelich you bring in kane and they had the right position pieces around them and they were able to kind of uh expedite that a little bit uh one of their young Home developed prospects just uh, drove in two runs. Tyrone Taylor is a guy that we've been waiting on for a long time in Milwaukee, and and he's starting to deliver right now. And and uh, um, you know that's which is good because earlier in the game he left. Uh, I mean, the Brewers have left fourteen guys on base already in this game. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's been a uh, uh, they're 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 up right now, which is good on the road yeah. three nothing. So yeah, so looks like the Cubs. This is the first domino. I think the one thing they have to weigh is how much do you value prospect capital versus re-signing players versus. I mean, I was even thinking like, what if they were to trade 
a guy like Javi Baez and basically say, we're probably not going to resign this guy. Maybe they want to resign him. I don't know. But he leads the league in strikeouts. He's got a OBP at 280. I don't think he's worth that much. Uh, what if you just trade Javi Baez to the Mets and you say, here, take the Jason Hayward contract and we're good? Well, with Lindor being hurt, Baez is the perfect fit for the Mets. Yeah. The perfect fit. And so what the Cubs need to do is they need to be proactive right now with this. It's like, hey, look, you're in the mix and your guy, your star just got hurt. Here's a guy that will buy you buy you a, however long Lindor is going to be out. I don't even really know the injury. But, um, yeah, great uh, great uh, theater over the next two weeks <laughs> to find out sellers and buyers and all of that. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, but it, and again, it's just one of the things that the Cubs, I thought to myself, uh, you know, what if they mess around and win five straight coming out of the All-Star break and, and then <laughs> throw the whole thing off? You know, that would be, uh, yeah. Well, but. I'll say one more thing on that. I don't think the Cubs are trying to because I, will, I look at these lineups. I look at they had Jock Peterson leading off. They've had Nico Horner, who's been their most consistent bat. He's batting seven every day. Like, yeah. they're still playing Ian Happ in center every day. They're still playing Jason Hayward every day. I don't think they're trying to win, to tell the truth. I think they want to be in this situation, and it's a better situation to be in to start selling these guys and just settle for mediocrity. So we'll I be covering agree. it. All the way here on the Jack Vita Show. Subscribe for more as we talk plenty more trade deadline stuff. By the way, Paul, the Braves are only three games out of first place. <laughs> That's how bad that division is. Uh, we got more runs. I, I'm following MLB game day here. So I just my favorite thing oh, is great. in play, comma, run, parenthesis, S. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. on a seven pitch at bat. We just had in play, comma, run. I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> But I'm more excited because we're getting to movies. Yes. I can't wait. Yes, I, sir. Drive the train however it. you want to. <laughs> I I have real thoughts. By the way, Jackie Bradley just tripled and scored um, multiple runs. This is amazing. I'm so happy. All right. Let's 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 do this thing. So the best sports movie of all time bracket. Uh, your enthusiasm for this thing is contagious. I do have to warn you, though, P.O., you are a... Gen Xer, whatever you call it, a, a zile, zile, what is it, Zillennial? Yeah, Zennial, Zennial, Zennial. Okay, X, Millennial. So it's this zenial. is this is the fourth bracket that I've done here, and most of the voting comes through Instagram, which leans heavily Gen Z. So Gen Z, I I I need to warn some of the the older fans of sports movies. Gen Z is going to come in pretty hot with some of these polls. Well, this and, is why this is why yeah. I'm here to maybe yes. give a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, I don't know uh, perspective on some <laughs> of these older films from the '90s and early you know the, the late '80s, '90s, and and whatnot because I think Perfect. there's some great stuff here that's probably going to get overlooked by the younger crowd. Yeah, and I'm hoping I can stand for a couple of these films. <laughs> well, let's lead off here with the first region, Region A. And our one seed, Remember the Titans, is facing Eddie, starring Whoopi Goldberg. And I know you have a strong take on this matchup, P.O. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come in throwing 95 <laughs> miles an hour right off the bat. I think and you're look, throwing I, like 102. It, it it it'll be crazy to go through all 64 of these in an elongated <laughs> fashion. But this first one I got to start off with. First of all, Remember the Titans is an amazing film. It's great. There's no question about it. And 
in a vacuum. You know, remember the Titans could easily walk through um, the first couple rounds of their of their thing if if you just took the movie at face value. I think it's a great story. I think Denzel is amazing. I think the supporting cast is excellent. I think, I mean, despite the fact that Ryan Gosling is an absolute liability at middle linebacker, <laughs> um, he's great. Sunshine, um, Louis Lassick, it's just amazing. Just so much stuff. And remember, the Titans is great. But the movie is so historically inaccurate. They just, like... The Bertier does get in a car accident, but it happens way later. You know, um, the season that they play is like not anywhere close to what they show here. So it's a great movie. If it was a fictional film, it would be amazing. The fact that they call it an, like based on a true story, it should be a lowercase b in eight point font based on a true story. <laughs> it, it So that said... Remember the Titans is an amazing film, but it's not really rooted in reality. Eddie is obviously a fictional movie, and it is just an amazing two-hour watch, <laughs> which fits into a small pocket of the I love this game 90s NBA, where it was like, okay, Jordan has kind of done his thing, and now he's out, and now it's like, okay, we've got this 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 wide array of eyeballs on the NBA because of Bird and Magic and Jordan and all of this, but like, what's the next step of the NBA? What is it? And Whoopi Goldberg comes in throwing heat. Um, she's got Rick Fox is in the movie and he's great. And he's it's he's just, a good actor. It's, it's such he a had fun holes movie. Too. Yvonne play defense is a great, just a great <laughs> sub character in the movie. There's no way that Eddie wins this in any vote. It'll probably be <laughs> 95 to 5. It should be a lot closer. Eddie gets a rough draw here with Remember the Titans. But for as frustrating as Remember the Titans makes me, once you do some research on the historical inaccuracies, it's as happy as Eddie makes me. It's just a silly popcorn the, I want the popcorn. Give me a 20-ounce of Mountain Dew because that's what I drank in 1996. And <laughs> sit back and watch and enjoy the movie. Uh, you're making me thirsty here, P.O. Oh. <laughs> have some of that Crystal Pepsi in the background. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? I do have yeah, I have the Crystal Pepsi back there. Um, I have an unpopular opinion. Well, more of a strong take about this region, and that's... I think Remember the Titans is a really good movie, but I think there's a greater high school football movie in this region. I mean, That's Friday Night Lights, right? Friday Night Lights is an unbelievably fantastic, great movie, and I feel like it's been forgotten about in some capacity because the show came along of the same name. Uh, it was based on the book of the same name, but now you have to differentiate all the time if you say Friday Night Lights. No, I'm talking about the movie, not the show. And the, the movie is a true story. It's an incredible movie. There's so much heart to it, so many great characters. Uh, the Explosions in the Sky soundtrack yes. is very artistic. It is a fantastic movie. I think Friday Night Lights is a greater film than Remember the Titans. I, I agree with you. The scene where Booby Miles is in the car with his uncle and he's having the breakdown. Um, it just shows a vulnerability. It's so powerful. Lucas Black 
in his second best movie behind Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Um, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> but as the quarterback, he's excellent. Give me Tim McGraw as the dad. Oh, yeah. With, with um, oh, God, I, forget, I can't forget. Blanking on his name, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's in Four Brothers as yeah, well. Yeah, Four Brothers. I, yeah, yeah. I bought. I, I got to do a quick uh, a quick look here yeah. because I'm I'm gonna get his yeah. his name. Friday Night Lights, by the way, is a three seed, and they'll be facing Bad News Bears, the remake. So you got a Billy Bob Thornton uh, matchup there. Yeah, I'm 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 doing a uh, a, a quick a quick look. I just want to make sure I get this actor's name yes. right here, Garrett Headland. Yes. Um. I bought, you know, to quote my guy Bill Simmons on the rewatchables. I had a lot of Garrett Headland stock. Uh, <laughs> I bought a lot of stock in Garrett Headland after Four Brothers and Friday Night Lights. Um, this is a loaded region. Look, they're all ro- loaded regions because these yeah. are sports movies and they're great. But look, at, I mean, Varsity Blues and He Got Game are both great films. Um, it, you know, I just watched Varsity Blues last week, and it it doesn't really hold up. I mean, the clothing that James Vanderbeek is wearing is great 90s. Bag- <laughs> Everything's baggy. Um, you know, it, uh, the movie just doesn't really hold up all that well. He Got Games, a great film. Ray Allen, Denzel. Uh, that's a tough 8-9 matchup. That's one I think uh, Denzel really elevates. And Ray Allen, the fact that Ray Allen can act, too. I mean, that movie would have been, I think that would have been a real bust if you had two different guys in those roles. Um. You know, in the bottom of the of the of this region, um, actually, so I filled out this bracket like yes. just really quickly filling it out, and then I had a chance to look at it a little bit more. But like, Rudy is a beautiful movie. You talk about explosions in the sky. The Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack for Rudy is just amazing. It's a great film. Also, some historical liberties are taken with that a little bit and the fact that Rudy is kind of a, a terrible human being. Um, <laughs> but it's that. a good, it's a really good movie. Any given Sunday is criminally underseated as a seven seed yes. here. And that's, let me, let me jump in there for those that don't know the way the seating came to be. I've done these brackets in the past and there've been times when I try to just seed it myself and I get, I open myself up to criticism and I'm cool with some criticism, but you know, you can only put so much time and thought into 128 brackets. So yeah. I just decided I'm going to go through Rotten Tomatoes audience score. And I just I just lined them up based on most popular to least popular. Now, there were a couple of liberties I did take with some of the matchups. Like I thought it'd be funny to have an all Kevin Costner region. Uh, yep. So I, I took the seeds. And then the other one that was interesting was Rocky, for whatever reason, had a really bad audience score. So I had to I had to make that a one seed. That was the only thing I really altered. So any given Sunday, I was in college when this came out, and I got to tell you, every football player at Valpo, they knew every scene, every, it was the movie, right? And this is, again, where my age is going to be, is going to, I'm going to push for some movies that are a bit different. Like, Friday Night Lights, amazing film, great movie that appeals to a wide audience, same thing with Varsity Blues. Same thing with Remember the Titans. Football players loved any given Sunday. The speech that Al Pacino gives in that movie, and there are some great speeches, not only yeah. in this region. You've got the Denzel speech in Gettysburg. You've got the Coach Bill, Billy Bob speech in, in Friday Night Lights. 
you drop down two regions, you get the miracle speech, which I'm yeah. sure we're going to get to in a little bit. <laughs> um, it, it, but the speech in any given Sunday is so good that it, it's amazing that to me, I have any given Sunday coming out of this region simply because of that speech, that moment, a guy's eyeball comes out on <laughs> the, <laughs> the field. Um, it's such a layered movie. Uh, there's so many different elements of the seedy doctor and the guy and his assistant who's trying to say, hey, look, like, you can't do this. You've got Lawrence Taylor, who's not aged well at all uh, in terms <laughs> right. of uh, of maybe some life some, choices. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim Brown as the coach of the, the defensive coordinator. There's just so yeah. many great characters there. Uh, I love the film. I think any given Sunday is my choice to come out of this region um, because of maybe what it meant to me watching it. It came out at a time when when I it resonated with me. I love the film, uh, and it's really because I'm a big Rudy fan. Yeah. And so to knock out Rudy in the second round, and once I made the decision that it was beating Rudy, it was a really hard call against Friday Night Lights, and it could go either way. Yeah. Um, I, I you know. This is a loaded region. You did a great job of, of and it's not like you 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 loaded up one region because they're all popular. Yeah. But this is there's a lot of hard choices in this one, and so I have any given Sunday, uh, kind of getting Uncle Mo on their side, knocking off Rudy, knocking off Friday Night Lights, and then getting by. Uh, remember the Titans, and 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 once you beat a few of those, you're a giant killer. Yeah, this this region is really like a lot of the football movies because we also have We Are Marshall, we have Varsity Blues as we mentioned, Coach Carter, not a football movie but sort of fits in the same kind of genre with a high school coach. Uh, Dodgeball is in here as more of a parody film, so someone might want to go the comedy route with that. Uh, we got everything in this region, and some of these low seeds we got Major League Three, which is just a, a really uh, that's not not a good major league movie at all. No. Um, there's some other ones in here as well. Uh, Friday Night Lights, though, would be my favorite to win. I do, however, think that Remember the Titans will probably... It's it's really popular with Gen Z as well. Yeah. Any given Sunday will not win in the voting that you're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, what I tried to do also for each one of these regions was I looked at the list and I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, what movie am I going to watch? Yeah, Just that's a good way to go about it. And and it to me, any given Sunday was number one, Friday Night Lights number two, Rudy number three, Remember the Titans number four. Um, and, and a, you know, great region. Remember the Titans is probably going to win coming out of this. Um, but any given Sunday for me is my pick. All right, so then we move to Region B with our number one seed, The Sandlot. And I'm going to kick this off here and just say that Sandlot's another one that I think is good. I think it's fine. I don't absolutely love it, though. I think there are a lot of other movies that are much stronger in this bracket than The Sandlot. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think also Sandlot is... You know, I, I look at these 128 movies and I think, which ones do I have a T-shirt from? And The Sandlot is the only one. I almost <laughs> wore it today. If we'd have been on video, I would yeah. have worn it. Um, the Sandlot is is excellent. This is, again, this is where some of the age stuff is going to come in to a degree. I have never seen a Mighty Ducks movie. And part of that is it. they came out 
at first I don't I don't I'm not a big hockey guy although that's we're going to get to another hockey movie actually one in this region that I adore um and then one in the next region that is great um so the Sandlot is or excuse me Mighty Ducks it came out uh the Milwaukee was going to get an NHL team and then they went to Dallas instead and so I was like I hate hockey as a kid <laughs> and it just didn't I never really got into it. It just wasn't my thing. And so, uh, you know, I haven't seen Mighty Ducks or D2 or D3. So it just doesn't mean a lot to me. So I am sure that there are some people who will have Mighty Ducks upsetting Sandlot in the second round. And it would be a complete non-starter for me because I'm just not familiar enough with those films. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll see. I think Sandlot's going to do well. Um, I just liken Sandlot to a couple other movies that came out in that era and so those came out when you were a kid, Sandlot, and there are two other baseball movies, uh, Rookie of the Year and Angels in the Outfield. And those were all still really popular when I was a kid. And the Sandlot was actually my third favorite of the three. I thought Sandlot, again, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's nice. I, I, I enjoy it. But I just, I thought that uh, I'm a big, Angels in the Outfield was kind of that movie for me as a kid. Where Yeah, that, that one, I mean, I've seen it. It didn't do much for me. Rookie yeah. of the Year is another huge one. Um, You're Killing Me Smalls is <laughs> maybe the biggest quote out of any of these movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, I mean, the staying power of that film. Totally. The fact that I can walk into Old Navy and buy a, a Sandlot t-shirt now yeah. is uh, is a thing. Um, moving a little bit further down, sure. the, you yeah. know, The Bad News Bears is a great film that would never get made today in the manner in which, I mean, the words that are out there, uh, <laughs> the things that they say, it's not politically correct whatsoever. Um, it, it, every, everybody in that movie would be canceled. Um <laughs> Yeah. Ali is a great film. You have such an intriguing matchup here between A League of Their Own and Mystery Alaska. Mystery Alaska is an amazing movie. It's very underrated. It's a great film, and it doesn't stand a chance against A League of Their Own. And A League of Their Own is my pick to roll through this region. I think it is an amazing film. It, it, it's a film about women which I think is important in sports. 100%. I can't overstate enough the impact of having Madonna in that film. I know Madonna today doesn't mean anything to people, especially, you know, Gen Z, anything like that. But, I mean, this is if Ariana Grande was in a sports, like played a serious role in a sports movie. This is if Britney Spears played a serious role in a sports movie. This was unbelievable to see Madonna in this film in this role to see her and Rosie O'Donnell as this great kind of one-two punch trading barbs with Gina Davis and then while Tom Hanks is a great part of the film he's almost a secondary character throughout this a league of their own to me easily rolls through this region and is one of the great sports movies of all time Okay, that's interesting. So I actually, it's one of those I haven't seen yet, and there are a lot of them on here that I haven't seen. Because well, you've never seen A League of Their Own? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's again, sad. it shows yeah. the age difference. It, yeah. it, uh, it's, it is, it, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, so there are a number of these I haven't seen, uh, but they're also, I mean, 128 movies, but yeah, it's on my list. I didn't see it. Uh, Space Jam as a sixth seed is going to make a nice run, uh, especially with people my age. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I'd say Space Jam is the best in this region. I think Space Jam's solid. Uh, we also have... You know what I, I like as a 10 seed here? I watched Kicking and Screaming a year ago last summer. Rewatched it. That's a really funny movie. It's very funny. It's it's really it's really good. It's right around the time when Will Ferrell is throwing 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Everything he's doing, he's just great. And it was it was a good run where it was like, okay, Will Ferrell in a basketball movie, give it to me. Will Ferrell <laughs> in a soccer movie, give it to me. Will Ferrell and he goes back to college, give yeah. it to me. You know, <laughs> Will Ferrell is uh, is is got. His his kids have got a cool stepdad. Give it to me, like everything, <laughs> right? Will Will Ferrell's going to be President Bush? Take my money, take it all, <laughs> give it to me. He's he's excellent. After a while, they all just got to be kind of the same routine and different kinds of things or whatever. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is phenomenal in radio. Oh, really, yeah. really excellent performance by him. Um, Seven seed there, but I, I I do like kicking and screaming or radio. To I just. The Blind Side to me just has a little bit of white saviorism to it. Um, I mean, when Michael Orr comes out and says, "I don't like this," I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to him. I think great role by Sandra Bullock, amazing yeah. to do what she did in that movie. I thought she was excellent. Whether or not the movie was true to the story that happened or anything, um, again, another Tim McGraw performance, I think, right? And uh, you know, excellent movie. Basketball Diaries is a dark, gritty film. Early Leonardo DiCaprio and when and and just Mark Wahlberg's Mark in that. Mark. James Matteo's in it. It's a great film. And uh, I know you you push forward Space Jam, but Drumline is uh, is a kind of a fun fun movie. And that is you that give Bow me the, Wow? Is he in that one? No, it's Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. You man. give me the last ten minutes when they're when they're competing in the Drumline uh, the the A and T Championship or whatever. I'm I'm all in. That if that's a very rewatchable film for me, if it's on, it's like, oh, okay. Here's the part where Nick Cannon can't read music. Here's the part where Nick Cannon gets into a fight at Homecoming. Here's the part where Nick Cannon comes back. It's really good. To me, it's a league of their own. And I know that I'm not your teacher anymore, but my homework for you, Jack, is to go watch a league of their own <laughs> as soon as possible. Oh, I will definitely see it before this bracket's over because this bracket is going to be running for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'll definitely check it out. I think I actually think I'll go kicking and screaming as a ten seed in this region. Um, there isn't, yeah, I, I'd go kicking and screaming, and then with the other side of this that feeds in the final four, I got Friday Night Lights. So I got Friday Night Lights in the final four. Okay, all right, Region C. Yes, Region C. Uh, what what matchup sticks out to you here? Um. Nothing in the first round is even a question, in my opinion. Um, I so I'm I'm a big miracle fan. Yeah, I I think it is a great film. I think this is an easy win through this region. It is. It's just really really good. You know, when when we were texting about this earlier, because I reached out to you and I said yeah, I was yeah. just so excited. And I said, I'll <laughs> fill out the bracket. And I said, I'll take you a test. Uh, good <laughs> line from Miracle. Great one. Um, you know, the the scene where he's blowing the whistle again, again, again. I play for the United States of America. I get chills even thinking about that scene. Um, it's really, really, really good. It's just a great film. Um 
And it's educational. And I've got a personal tie into it. Herb Brooks's granddaughter was a student of mine at Valpo. Oh, and, sweet. And so there's that. I will tell you, uh, Cool Runnings is That's another good one. An amazing movie. Yeah. Um, I think I shared my first kiss while Cool Runnings was on in the background. <laughs> so I got some personal, some personal stock in Cool Runnings. Um, Glory Road's a good movie, but I take the nostalgia over Cool Runnings. So I've got Miracle and Cool Runnings meeting, uh, and then the bottom, White Men Can't Jump is good. I, Tanya is a really interesting movie, and it's I, Tanya is the first movie that my girlfriend and I went to a movie theater together to okay. see, so there's some personal yeah. personal stock there. But I got Miracle Against White Men Can't Jump, and I got Miracle Advancing out of this region. Okay, so did you ever see Like Mike? Because I'm curious if you saw it, what your thoughts were. Yeah, I thought it was, again, it came at an age where it was a cute movie. Um it didn't do a lot for me, but that's probably, again, my age at yeah. that point. Yeah. And I'd imagine that maybe what Like Mike was for you was maybe what Rookie of the Year was for me. Absolutely, yeah. Like Mike was my favorite. Well, there are two of these on here. We'll get to the other one. But this this was one of my two favorite movies as a kid and absolutely loved it. I've rewatched it as an adult, and sometimes I do watch stuff, and I'm like, man, why did I ever like this? This wasn't good. I actually do think like Mike holds up pretty well. I think it's a fun film. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Itania yet, um, and that's going to be a problem with some of these films. Is that one's a newer one, um, and some people just haven't seen some of these films. So, like Mike would be in terms of my my uh, low seed that I would have going fairly deep would be like Mike for me. Um, but then you you mentioned Miracle in terms of memories. I will share. Miracle brings me back to fourth grade baseball. We had this great team that went to the champion, well, the World Series, and we lost. And in the playoffs, at some point, we had a team bonding event where we watched Miracle, and it was new on DVD at the time. And it just brings back great memories. It's an excellent, excellent film. Um, I, I think it's an easy, it's an easy win through this region. It's the, it to me is probably the best, or it's the number one seed that has the easiest yeah. path. Yeah, to, I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then also in this region, for those who don't have a bracket in front of them, uh, Joanna Man versus Miracle. <laughs> Joanna yeah, Man. No, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a, uh, we've cut away from this broadcast in the middle of the, uh, second half because it's too big of a blowout. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to cut to the studio show. That one, that one's going to be broadcast on True TV at 11:30 a.m. on the first day of the tournament, and you hope that no one accidentally turns it off. <laughs> Warrior is a really good film starring Tom Tom Harding. I saw yeah. that one. Um, She's the Man is one that's going to be popular with some of these uh, women around my age, I believe. Um, I think Rachel Gerhardt's a big fan of that film. And um, but yeah, no, we keep moving down to Region D. And this one I'm really excited about. This is the Costner region, where I think every Kevin Costner film is in this region. <laughs> so this one, um, I mean, we can get we can do Costner now, and then I'm going to tell you what movie is the best movie in the entire okay. bracket. Um, I mean, Field of Dreams is is one of the top. 20 greatest films ever in my opinion it's so good yeah, it's, it is so it's good. a great story they literally have 
a place that you, I mean, the, the, the field is there. I've been to it four or five times. I went as a kid with my dad. I've played catch with my dad on the field. It's amazing. Um, that movie is so good. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna roll through. It's gonna, I mean, for the love of the game or concussion is a good eight, nine matchup and feel the dreams will blow that out. Pride of the Yankees is a sentimental, great film. Um, that should have no problem. Uh, I mean, Field of Dreams is not going to face any competition. And, yeah. and really, and in I mean, bracket, Field of Dreams is, is going to win. Yeah, it and shouldn't. also, I think Semi-Pro could, in my bracket with young people, Semi-Pro yeah. could beat probably the Yankees. And it, and it, and it probably will. And, yeah. Um, so in the so Field of Dreams is the best. Out of those eight up there, yeah. Field of Dreams is the best. At the bottom, God, I love Bull Durham versus Draft Day. Because draft day is, I mean, if draft day is on TV, I'm stopping everything I'm doing and watching it. It's so bad <laughs> that it's good. I love that film. I, I, it, it is, it's so implausible, uh, but I love it. I absolutely so a line it. from draft day. I was watching it one time when it was on late at night, and I never picked it up again. I just jumped in the middle. I'd never seen it. There's a part where. Kevin Costner is a Browns GM, and the owner takes him to a water park that's not open. And he said, I took you to this water park. I want to make a splash. I want to make a big splash. <laughs> People pay to get wet. Is the be- It's so good. People pay to get wet. If you can't do it, I'm going to find somebody else. It's so good. It's so – oh, I love it. I, I just – I love that movie. Um, obviously, Bull Durham is great. Uh, Invictus and Tin Cup is a great match. Great 7-10 matchup there. Love the – Love the battle. Um, Eight Men Out is a good movie. Uh, you know, c- kind of that came out around the same time as Field of Dreams, and it was like, okay, do you want the glorified version of Shoeless Joe or do you want the gritty version of Shoeless Joe? <laughs> and so that's good. Um, but okay, my favorite sports movie is in this bracket, is in this region, and it's in the three fourteen matchup. And I don't give a damn about Roy Hobbs. <laughs> My favorite sports film ever is Blue Chips. All right, please elaborate. It's another one I haven't seen yet. It's, that one's, uh, is Sha- are Shaq and Penny Hardaway in that one? Yes. Yeah. So Blue Chips came out in 1993, I believe. And the ramifications of this film are amazing. So, first of all, it's a movie that was shot in Indiana, although it's set in California. Matt Bowen, assistant coach of the Valpo men's basketball team, is in the movie, in the background. One of the main characters is a recruit from Indiana. He's from Chesterton High School in northwest Indiana. So there's all of that. I've been to the gym where they film the the big scenes. That's in Frankfurt, Indiana, the Frankfurt Hot Dogs. Um, I was just there a couple weeks ago. Anyways, this movie, Nick Nolte plays a college basketball coach who they're down. They, 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 they can't win. They got to figure out how to get better players in the program, and they des- they decide they got to go get the top three guys, and they got to get a little dirty to do it. They got to get a house for Penny Hardaway's mom. They got to get a car for Shaq, even though he didn't ask for it. They got to give a John Deere tractor and a duffel bag full of money. This is what was going on in college basketball at that time, and this movie took it and showed it to the world. Mm. Not only that, like that, they get Bobby Knight to play himself. They get Rick Pitino to play himself. They get the best college basketball players in the country at that time to come be in this film for the scenes. And they tell Bobby Knight, hey, 
our fictional team is going to beat Indiana. And Bobby Knight says, the hell they are. You might script it that way, but when we play, my guys are going all out. So Shaq is cast in the movie, and so is Penny Hardaway, who is this guard from Memphis State University, which is now Memphis. And through the course of playing together in this movie, Shaq says, this is the guy I want on my team. And so the Magic win the lottery back-to-back years, and they could have got Chris Webber. And that would have been a dominant front right. court. You put Weber and Shaq together, and Shaq said, "No, I just spent you know three months, four months playing with this guy every day. Get him to Orlando." So they trade, they draft Weber, they trade him to Golden State for Penny Hardaway, and the Orlando Magic are in the NBA Finals two years later. And that doesn't happen if this movie's not made. This movie impacted the NBA. And then I'll wrap it with this. Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy from Married with Children, plays a sports reporter who is hot on the trail of finding all the uh, all the, the the dirtiness that this program is doing. And they, it culminates in this amazing press conference scene, which I don't want to give too much away because okay. you should watch yeah. it. I'm it in culminates in this, this amazing press conference scene. And and the, the character, uh, Ed O'Neill's character, raises his hand and says, Coach, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this question. And that's a line I use all the time. <laughs> Blue Chips, for its time and place, is one of the great films ever made that will never get its justifiable due because people think Hoosiers is better. Hoosiers is trash. And Blue <laughs> Chips is the preeminent basketball movie in my eyes. All right. Yeah, I need to watch it. I will say, however, I'm a big fan of The Natural. That's one that I used to watch. Oh, it's I, a great film. Yeah. It's, that's an amazing yeah. movie. I used and, to, yeah. And, and The Natural is going to win because it's The Natural. And it, it, it Blue Chips, to me, is a 14 seed that went 29-4. and four. <laughs> it, it blew out everybody in their conference tournament. It's an amazing movie. And... It, you you put it up against a, a blue blood like the natural, and it should pull the upset. It won't because it'll get bad officiating, and <laughs> the, you know they'll make sure that the natural moves on, and then the natural will coast its way. You know, but but blue chips is a Stephen F. Austin twenty nine and four team. Uh, I love that film. I used to watch the natural a lot with my dad as a kid. It's a great film. The ending is just phenomenal. It's one of the most climactic endings of any of these sports movies. But he hits the home run into the lights, and it's just like you want to cry. But then you also want to cry when you see the end of Field of Dreams. So I'm going to have a tough time picking a winner between those two. Um, it's a good region. It's a great region. All right. All right. Switch, switch sides yes. of the bracket. Yes, sir. We got uh, Rocky, which was, again... It's going to be like an 8 or a 9 seed if I didn't come in and fix that. I needed to actually manipulate that because Rocky is one of the most 8. It's one of the 8 most iconic films in this whole bracket. So I needed yes. to be a 1 seed. It's against Celtic Pride, which is just... are you? What are your thoughts on Celtic Pride, Paul? Well, people from Boston love... Uh, love making fun of themselves to a degree, right? Or, you know, is this Damon Wayans, Daniel... <laughs> Stern. This is an excellent, uh, excellent, funny movie. It Celtic Pride and Eddie are like the same thing to me. They're they're just goofy, funny yeah. basketball movies that came along. Um, 
there's a there's another good basketball movie that kind of fits in here too. Uh, that's Ooh. not on the bracket. Um, I, okay. I, I'm going to save it to the end. I got some snubs okay, of movies okay. that didn't make it on on the bracket, and uh, we'll get to that. Um, this is a this is a really loaded. I mean, man, you've got some you got some good questions in here about sequels, yeah. right? Because Rocky and Rocky three should meet in the, in the second round. And what's a better movie? You know, Rocky spawned off all these sequels. Rocky three has got Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in it. And that is just, I mean, the first Rocky, amazing Rocky two, one of the rare cases where the sequel is maybe, maybe better than the original despite the fact that i mean that the we've kind of have this idea now of, of rocky being this rarefied great film because of the whole lineage it spawned off but rocky 3 was a pop culture hit because yeah. you got so it's i don't know who advanced i mean i guess rocky should always beat rocky 3 but i actually think rocky 3 with hulk hogan and mr t had more mass appeal and but you went to see Rocky three if you liked Rocky, so right. it's a tough spot there. Yeah, and then of course we also have another sequel, Major League Two, as a twelve seed. I always liked that one. That I like Major League Two a lot. I think the movie's great. The problem to me is that it doesn't bring back Wesley Snipes from the original. Yes. It's got Omar Epps in there, and um, which is actually a really funny story about how Wesley Snipes was the least athletic of any of the characters <laughs> in the first movie, and, and he Charlie just didn't Sheen. want to go through that again. Charlie Sheen says he took steroids, and he was a pitcher in high school, but he said he claims that he was clocking 85 after he took steroids to shoot that movie. Well, it's a great story. It's a great story. <laughs> and then The Pretty Kid is an amazing film as well. Um I actually, I mean, it's it's really good, and that movie I think probably will generate with the younger crowd now because of Cobra Kai, the TV show. Um, no, so I, I, I will say I never saw I'll Karate the, Kid. What's that? I I haven't seen Karate Kid. Yeah, so I'll be the first to admit that Karate Kid Two was the one that I spent more time with as a kid. Oh, interesting. Because it was on the same VHS tape as another movie that I had, so I watched it a lot. Um, but I think the story of this region, Jack comes in the two seed and the three seed. Yeah, yeah. With Creed yeah. and Moneyball. Um, and then, I know you mentioned Angels in the Outfield earlier. That's that's underseeded as an 11, I think. But Creed, especially the speech that Stallone gives to Michael B. Jordan when he talks about, you know, I'm just a guy in the back on the posters. You're the future. It's, you know, let, it, it's such a great, poignant, moment because we've got to see Rocky grow up over the last 40 years to this moment. I actually just watched Creed the other day. It was on and oh, it's so good. Yeah. And I I'm also I'm riding with Moneyball in this region. I love Moneyball. I think it's great. And it actually, you know, the quote you put out there on on Twitter that you alluded to, that wasn't even like if I were to list off like the my biggest quotes from that film, that wouldn't even be in the top five or 10, maybe even for me, the one that I always think about is like, some of us are told at 18. Some of us are told at 40, but we're all told that we, and that alluding to that, we can't play the kids game anymore, which is that resonated with me. And it's just so powerful because we all go through that. If you play a sport, I referenced that quote 
once a month, probably that concept of we're all told Um, Moneyball is the easy runaway winner in region E. And that says a lot because I think Creed is a phenomenal movie. It's a great reboot of the franchise. Um, Rocky is obviously great. The Karate Kids spawned off a, a bunch of movies and a TV show. Um, there's some Slapshot is in here. Yeah, as well. Slapshot has some good underrated films in here. I haven't seen The Way Back, and I've heard it's really good, but it's not going to beat Moneyball. Nothing's going to beat Moneyball. No. I think I actually have Moneyball in any given Sunday meeting in the uh, the final four uh, with Moneyball winning. I think Moneyball is is to me like Brad Pitt's in the movie. In the movie is not a Brad Pitt movie, you no. know. The the, the Aaron, Aaron Sorkin's words are the are the star of the movie, and it's yeah. so good. It's it's and yeah, it's it's electric performance. Well, I think we should bring up the one counter that a lot of people make to Moneyball might be a little similar to what you say about Remember the Titans, where some people don't like that they omitted Zito and Mulder and uh, and Tim Hudson from the film, which was really a big pillar of their success. I don't care about that yeah, at all. Not, I look at, I think at all. The, yeah, I think it's great. The, the best scenes in that movie are where they're sitting around the conference table and we're saying okay, we lost this guy, this guy, and this guy. We're going to re-replace them in the aggregate. And I I love the scene between the old scout and the adapter die scene. That's yeah, really that's, good. I know you referenced that one in some of the classes I took from you. I, I think, it's an amazing, I think there's a lot of yeah. life lessons to be taken on Moneyball, which to me is why it's – and again, it's funny – I, I don't know why, but I'm getting chills sitting here thinking about that film and how great oh, it was. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, okay, the next region. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying let's move on to the next region. Yeah, region so, F, my, probably my all-time favorite movie is the one seed here, and that's Happy Gilmore. That's a movie that, in terms of rewatchability, whenever that film's on TV, I always, always put it on. I don't think there's a movie I've seen more than I've seen Happy Gilmore in my adult life. Um, so that's one that I'll probably be riding with to the end. I think it's great. I think there's a lot of really good movies in this bracket. Greatest game ever played in the express are two good ones. Soul surfer is good. I like trouble with the curve a lot in a five twelve matchup upset. Yeah. I think it's just a silly movie. It's a fun movie. It's, it's Clint Eastwood and Matthew Lillard, and John Goodman and Amy Adams and Justin Timberlake somehow shows up in this movie. And it's just kind of a really, a really <laughs> fun movie. Talladega Nights is funny. Jerry Maguire's great. I love the Cinderella Man Fever Pitch matchup because I think Fever Pitch is a really fun movie as well. But Cinderella yeah. Man is so good. And that that is a good conversation about what do you look for in a sports movie? Do you want slapstick funny humor about a guy who's a diehard Red Sox fan or do you want a dramatic telling of a story that no one really knew about at our our I mean this is where my age and your age are similar to one another because we're talking about a story from the 1920s yeah Jack Braddock I didn't know anything about Jack Braddock when this movie came out and that movie is I mean Russell Crowe's great Renee Zellweger now that one I should add I got a listener wrote in who's a huge boxing fan and he has problems with how it's historically told he doesn't think it's very accurate he doesn't like how the other boxer is made out to be a villain because that guy was a hero in a lot of regards yeah Um, yeah i've I've heard that so but no i I absolutely think that's a great matchup um and fever pitch is just i mean 
I really like those Drew Barrymore rom-coms, whether it's The Wedding Singer or Fifty First Dates, even Blended with the third one that she did with Adam Sandler. Drew Barrymore, I, I do like that matchup there. Mr. No, 3000 is a solid one as a 10 seed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's uh, He's in the Milwaukee Brewers on that team. Bernie Mac, yeah. may he rest in peace. So uh, I'm not a Caddyshack guy. I don't care okay. about Caddyshack. It's not funny to me. I don't. It's it's just one of those movies. I'm I'm just not old enough for Caddyshack. It it just kind of missed me. I don't. I'm starting to golf a bit more now in life, but I actually really hate golf culture. Oh, I okay. I just don't like the idea of like I'm gonna go to the golf club and and get away from. I just it's just not my right. thing. Okay. It's just not yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, we got Caddyshack versus Air Bud. And then Invincible versus Mister Three Thousand, so those could be some interesting matchups here. I think, yeah, I think you you got some upset possibilities here. I think the big, uh, I mean, for me, the big matchup here is the one four matchup between Happy Gilmore and Jerry Maguire, and whoever wins that's going to yeah. win the region. I don't think, and Cinderella Man will threaten a little bit, in my opinion. Talladega Knights probably will play pretty well with younger crowd. Um, yeah, I think, but Happy Gilmore, I think, gets out of this. Yeah, I gotta say, I I do like Talladega Nights. I don't think it's one of his. I don't think it's one of Will Ferrell's best movies, though. I think the other guys is better. I think Step Brothers is better. I think Elf is better. Um, but Talladega Nights is very popular. And I also want to say, Invincible, another one that they kind of dramatize. Vince Papali never scores a touchdown, and yet I still love that movie. Yeah. I still I still love the ending of that movie. Yeah. So, all right, Region G. What are you? Th- what are your thoughts on this one, Po? Uh, this is this is. Um, well, first of all, forty-two uh, is my pick to come out of this. I love forty-two. I think it's a great, it's a film, great film, and it, it, yeah. we get some we get some Chadwick Boseman um, uh, recency bias with him passing away. I love the fighter as a two seat at the bottom. Yeah, that's a great matchup with Million Dollar Baby and the two three. Um, Hoosiers, this is a tough region. Hoosiers is a movie that I just don't. People around here in Indiana love the movie so much, and they view it as like it's it's like a patch they wear on their jacket of like Hoosiers is everything about us. <laughs> I I think the movie's completely overrated. Um, I just don't. I think it takes itself way too seriously, and I would tell you that Rocky Four is a movie that that also in a slapstick way tries to take itself way too seriously. Like we're going to, we're going to cure the cold war in one boxing match, (laughs) but Rocky four is, is like the movie of my childhood. I mean, I went to, I remember going to see it in the theater with my dad. One of the first movies I went to ever go see Rocky four is such a silly, silly movie. Um, but the soundtrack is great. Uh, Ivan Drago is this villain, he kill you know he kills a guy he's it's it's an excellent movie there's so much implausible stuff to it bill simmons has a podcast called the rewatchables they broke down rocky four a couple months ago it's an excellent listen um i love the movie it beats hoosiers for me um 42 is gonna win love and basketball is a great movie I can't stand Kyrie Irving, so Uncle Drew I won't even consider at all. Did you see Uncle Drew? I did not. I I can't stand Kyrie Irving. Okay, okay. I loved Uncle Drew. I thought it was really fun. Um, I will say I want to pivot back to something you said about Indiana. 
There's another Indiana film that we didn't mention earlier. Kingpin. What's your What are your thoughts on Kingpin? I think it's hilarious. I think it's a funny movie. I really like it. I, I yeah. I think that it's, might be the best Bill Murray role. Yeah, it's really good. It's <laughs> um, I'm big 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 fan. Very funny. I forget who it's uh, who it's matched up against. It's up against uh, We Are Marshall. That's yeah. Okay. Tough a, yeah. tough draw. Yeah. Um, funny movie. But to but me. Yeah. To me, I've got 42 coming out of this. Okay. I think it's really good. I think Chadwick Boseman's excellent in the movie. Um, another good Lucas Black performance. Uh, somehow, Lucas Black is becoming an excellent uh, sports movie guy here. Um, it's uh, as Pee Wee Reese in the movie. Uh, Harrison Ford yeah. is just a curmudgeon old man in this as Branch Rickey. Really good. Um, it's, 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 it's good. Great. It's good. Okay, I got three that I really have a tough time deciding between. The Probably the hardest one I'm going to have, at least in the earlier stages of this bracket, is when we get the potentially the two versus the six. If the rookie's able to beat Million Dollar Baby, the rookie with like Mike, those were my two favorite movies as a kid. Uh, Dennis Quaid, it's a great story. Love the rookie. Big fan of the rookie. Uh, but then, yeah, 42, The Rookie, and The Fighter. Those are my three in this in this region that I'm going to have a tough time with. I think I'll ultimate pro- ultimately probably go with The Fighter. I think that's the best movie out of all of these. Christian Bale is just so remarkable in that. And I am a big Mark Wahlberg fan. Uh, the Fighter is, yeah. I mean, the film. acting in that movie is really good. And it's, it, it to me, the, uh, his his mother in that film who is yeah. played by the incomparable Melissa Leo is just so, so good. And Amy Adams, excellent Did in she, that movie. It's, yeah. So I remember that film. It was the first time I think ever that it, a movie won best supporting actor and best supporting yeah. actress. And I think that the mom in that movie may have also been nominated. They may have had two, roles nominated for best supporting actress in yeah, that film. Yeah. Um, Could be wrong. Well, but... in terms of, no, she won. Melissa Leo won. Oh, I thought Amy Adams won. No, no, Amy okay. Adams was nominated. Um yeah. yeah, no, but Christian Bale and Melissa Leo both won yeah. and it was excellent. Great excellent film. film. Another um, parody movie in this region, Basketball. That's a that's a fun silly movie. This is a silly fun movie that I actually put kind of in the same same vein as Celtic Pride, and just yeah. kind of a fun, <laughs> silly movie. Um, all right, you have. We're to the last region, yes, and it's loaded. It's loaded <laughs> with with good sequels and good films. Yeah, I'll let you lead the way here. What do you like? Uh, well, look, Major League is amazing. It it's a movie that came out of nowhere uh, when it came out in 1989. Fictional movie, um, great story. Really good. I I love it because it was filmed in Milwaukee, um, and although it's about, about Cleveland, yeah, it's really really good. Um, why didn't it? Why wasn't it about the Brewers then? I think they were going to film in Ohio. I think that was the plan. For whatever reason, it fell through, and um, I don't remember the details behind that. I'm sure it's out there. Yeah, but I, I just I don't know. Yeah. Um, in the second round, it's going to get the replacements. Which is one of the Keanu Reeves. amazing films that if when it's on TNT, it's on all the time on TNT. Keanu Reeves. It's just a silly movie. It's really, really good. Um, 
I think uh, I, I think to me, it's. It, it, I mean, Major League's going to win that, but I love the replacements. Creed two is really good. What a great battle between Rocky two and Karate Kid two. I would imagine you love the Water Boy. I would think because if you love yes. Happy Gilmore, I bet you love I the do. Water Boy. <laughs> love the Water Boy. I think when the game stands tall is an amazing film. It's a great story. It's a really really. Good. That's one, and it's interesting. I haven't seen that, but that one, I think of any of these, the audience score was so much greater than the critic score. The critic score was really weak on the when when the game stands tall. Audience score loved it. Yeah, I don't know why the critics would be low on this. I think it's an excellent film, and I would recommend watching that to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's really, really good. The acting's great. Jim Cavazil, who plays Jesus in Passion of the Christ, I think that's how you say his last name. He's also in uh, Frequency, which is a really good film. He plays the head coach in this movie. Um, uh, Alexander Ludwig, I think his name is. I think I'm getting it right, maybe. Who plays, uh, he plays Cato in The Hunger Games. Um, he is uh, the, the star running back. It's just a really good movie. Um, Raging Bull is one of the great films ever made. It won't win in here because of just the age thing. Um, yeah. The... the the 2005 version of The Longest Yard is so silly. Rookie <laughs> yeah. of the Year is a great movie. Uh, the, the 1974 version of The Longest Yard is good. This is it's a great, great region that Major League I think comes out of. But this is like this is when the announcers are saying in the second round, "This is an Elite Eight level yeah. contest." Yeah. This is a great region. So we're probably I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I think we're probably going to see Longest Yard. Uh, new one versus the original, and that's definitely going to be one. The the newer one's probably going to win, and the older folk not going to be very happy about that. Um, but I might, I think I would go rookie of the year over the longest yard, the 2005 version. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. And but then you might get as a matchup, you could get the Water Boy versus the Longest Yard and the Sandler Classic. Uh, some great matchups here. I think my my favorite is uh, Major League for sure. And if I'm shaping up my final four, I think we're at this point. Unless you got other thoughts on this region. No, no, no. I, I think Major League is uh, is the film here. Yeah. So this is – I have a tough time in this Elite Eight. Am I going to go with the fighter? Am I going to go Major League? I think I'd probably go Major League just because I think of it more as a sports movie than the fighter. Yeah. Uh, so I think I have Major League, Happy Gilmore, uh, Friday Night Lights – and oh gosh, that oh, that's gonna be a real tough one. If I'm going, am I gonna go Miracle or am I gonna go Field of Dreams or The Natural? But uh, one of those films, and probably I don't know. This is really hard. Where'd you go with your final four? I had any given Sunday, uh, yeah. but I, but again, if Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, any given Sunday, it's a triple overtime buzzer <laughs> beater one way. Um, any given Sunday, I have going all the way uh, to the final four against Moneyball, um, and the top half of the bracket, and then the bottom half, I have uh, Blue Chips because of I mean I just I love that film going up against Major League. Then I've got Major League and Moneyball in that championship, and Moneyball is the best sports movie I think. All right, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about Moneyball. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'd probably take Moneyball over Happy Gilmore just in terms of a sports movie. Because Gilmore isn't, even though I love Happy Gilmore, it's less of a sports movie. Moneyball, it's hard. It's hard. Guys, get out there and vote. 
You don't need to register. We're never going to stop the count. It's going to be a fun time here. Uh, you don't need to show any identification. It's just on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, follow along and vote. And uh, yeah. Can, can, can I chime yeah. in? Can I chime in four snubs that didn't yeah, make the absolutely. list? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I knew I didn't want to keep you here too long. So. No, no. Let me let me give you four snubs that didn't make the list, and then uh, and then uh, then I'll then I'll bounce. Oh no, yeah, no um, rush. Okay, Tiger Town is a mid '80s Disney movie okay. with Roy Scheider from Jaws fame, who plays an aging star, and there's a young kid who he and his dad are are they love the tigers, and Roy Scheider is like his career's falling apart. And the kid's dad passes away and um, somehow the kid starts going to Tigers games and he will sit there and like concentrate really hard. And then Scheider will hit a home run all the time. And it's like a connection the guy has with his dad and all this. There's a really it's a campy Disney movie in the 80s, but it's really good. Um, I'm writing it down. I I referenced a basketball movie earlier that. that 90s. you didn't have on the list. It's not really a sports movie. It's called Forget Paris. Uh, Billy Crystal plays an NBA ref who, uh, and there's just a lot of good 90s NBA scenes. Muggsy Bogues is in it. There's just a lot of, uh, this again, it's not really a, a sports movie per se, but Billy Crystal and John Spencer from West Wing fame are NBA refs, and so it's pretty good. Uh, Brian's Song is a movie about, um, about, uh, I, you know, I, I don't even really know all of the uh, the details. The 1971 film, um, it was an ABC movie of the week that d- detailed the life of a Chicago Bears player named Brian Piccolo, who was played by James Caan, and his relationship with Gail Sayers, played by Billy D. Williams, um, kind of uh, viewed as one of the, the great movies kind of uh, out of nowhere um so brian song and my biggest snub on the list is a movie that came out in the early 90s called the program which was a kind of the blue chips version for college football and just another kind of really good uh really good silly silly football movie um also with james Kahn, who played the head coach of the football program halle berry omar epps uh really really good film yeah. uh love that one uh, necessary ru- or yeah, necessary roughness. Another kind of cute football movie from that time, but um, uh, great bracket. Obviously, we could do 256 sports movies, <laughs> and uh, this this was excellent. If you want to put that one together, you can. Uh, I think I'll guess. I think I'll pass. <laughs> no, yeah, the the other one I heard I'd never heard of. Really, I didn't know anything about any of these movies that you just mentioned. I'll put them on my watch list, and then. The other one someone mentioned is there's a movie called Gus where there's a horse that kicks field goals. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Okay. Before before you go, P.O., what's the worst movie on this list? Is it Ed starring, for those that don't know, Ed starring Matt LeBlanc. He's a baseball player and his best teammate is a chimpanzee. Yep. That would be in the Pretty running. bad. Pretty bad. Um, let's see here. Uh, Joanna Man is pretty awful. Actually, I haven't seen it, but I just assume it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, 
Ed is pretty bad. Uh, Major League <laughs> Three is pretty bad. Yeah, you know, it's just it's like okay, all of a sudden now we're going to the minors and we're and now it's the Twins and not the Indians. I don't know. So Major League yeah. Three is pretty bad. Um, actually, no, no, it's a, the worst film on this list is Rocky Five. Rocky Five. Rocky Five <laughs> is tragically terrible, but it's one of those movies that's so bad, and I'll continue to watch it. But it's so bad, <laughs> so bad. So and it's not it's not bad in the way that you enjoy Draft Day. No, I mean Draft Day is a Draft Day is a either a really good bad movie or a really bad good movie. Um, <laughs> but I enjoy watching Draft Day. I hate watch Rocky Five, and I just <laughs> won't watch Major League Three. I don't blame you. P.O., this was so much fun. How can people find you on uh, social media, what you're working on, uh, new, new content uh, on coming Twitter, out? On Twitter, at NWI Orin. Um, you know, I, I, at some point here, and we danced around this, but at some point Valpo is going to come up with a mascot. Can't wait for that. Probably coming. The I'm, I'm going on vacation with my girlfriend here in a couple of weeks. Oh. Probably the day that we leave for <laughs> vacation will be the day that it, it comes out. Um but yeah, and then Union Street Hoops, a podcast uh, dedicated to Valpo basketball in the Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah, you can find that on and on all sorts of platforms. So, uh, Jack, my pleasure, man. This was great. Had a blast. Yeah, I cannot wait to see uh, what the fans do. Uh, I want to see Andrew Stem's bracket. Ooh. I want to see Aaron Levitt's bracket. Yeah. I think it's going to be excellent. All right, yeah, one hundred percent. So, guys. Fill out your brackets. If you need a PDF version, uh, send me a message on social media or email me, and I'll get you one. I'll send you one, and then you can fill it out. Put out on social media. Use hashtag Jack Vita Show or whatever you want to do. I don't. We don't need a, a sports movie bracket. I don't care. Just put it on Twitter. I want to see your thoughts. Tweet at me at Jack Vita Show. Tweet at Paul at NWI Orin, and uh, hopefully I'll be joining you when they on your show once again when they finally give us a new mascot. Let's do it, man. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Thank you, P.O. My pleasure. All right, y'all. That does it for my conversation today with at NWI Oren, P.O. Paul Oren. Uh, fun having him back here on the show for the third time. You guys can catch me on his podcast sometime over the next month. Check out his podcast, Union Street Hoops. Subscribe to this podcast while you're at it, The Jack Vita Show. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll see. I mean, hey, look, looking ahead here, we're in late July. We're moving into late July. Football is not too far away. I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do in terms of preseason football coverage. I mean, just how much content will I put out there for the preseason from college and NFL? But there will be some. And then we got a lot of baseball. We got this bracket going on, which we'll be updating and talking about with our guests each week. Uh, we've got some interesting interviews coming up, hopefully, with more contestants from reality TV, maybe some athletes as well. Log on to my site, jackvita.com, and get on the email list, and don't miss out. You can print out a bracket and vote on my social media accounts. We'll be running... Every day, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, we will have lots of voting going on for the greatest, well, the best sports movie of all time bracket. It should be a lot of fun. At Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. One more thing. If you guys like this show, you've been listening for a while, and you enjoy what you've been hearing 
please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just write something up real quick. Just could be a couple sentences, one sentence at most. But just say why you like the show. It'll give us a nice boost, nice boost in the algorithm, which I greatly appreciate trying to make this show bigger, grow the audience, and, hey, I'd love to be able to do this professionally full-time as a full career. Right now, I'm not making money doing it. I'm doing it for the love of it, trying to build something here, uh, but having a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back sometime soon. I'm going out of town next weekend, so not decided on when the next episode will be, but it can't be less, I mean, We'll see. Sometime within the next 10 days or so, you should hear from me again. (laughs) I'll be in Cincinnati, Cleveland next weekend. So if there are any listeners out there and you want to meet up at the Reds game or the Indians game, you can tweet me. And, hey, I'd love to to connect with you guys that live out there. All right. So subscribe to the show. And until then, until the next time you hear from me. Oh, and vote. Guys, vote. It's the only time I'm ever going to tell you to vote in these brackets. I don't care what you do politically, but you better vote for the best sports movie bracket. Alright, so subscribe, vote, and tune in to our next show. Until then, I am Jack Vita, bringing the dancing lobsters. <laughs>